You gonna be a football player when you grow up? This is Raider Nation Radio 920. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, presented by Tequila Embajador. I'm the guy in the world. I've been in football all my life. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Wednesday. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Lincoln Kennedy. What's up, bro? How are you doing, my friend? Well, I'm hanging in there, man. It's been a it's been a long go. There's a lot of things going on, but hanging in there. You okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. All I'm right. Here, here. Well, hey, just as, before we get started on uh, some bad news for the Raiders, no Jonathan Abram for the rest of the year. Yeah, we'll see where Denzel, uh, or excuse me, where um, uh, Darren Waller, what right. his status is going to be for this week. Denzel Perryman as well. But we were having a conversation in here, Lincoln, about friend zone with our young producer Demon Cotton, who. I'm just—he's in a friend zone right now, and we—we've—Q and I saw the picture of the friend. Uh-huh. And Q, are you uh, are you with us? Yeah, he should get out of that friend zone. Yes, like into a more friendly zone. He should run a stop sign, a stoplight, anything. Let Lincoln, can you help us here? Well, what's 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 the question? She put him in a friend zone. It's hard to get a woman out of a friend zone. <laughs> and trust me, I, I, I've got had many instances throughout my lifetime where, yeah, I, you're you're just like a brother to me, or oh. you're you know you're you're a good friend. I wouldn't want to taint our friendship or lose our friendship. If I he, mean, if he just had your personality, it would be great. Well, I mean, look, it, it, it's one of those things. It's like you, you, once they put you there, it's hard to get out. And, and sometimes, you know, you don't even really want to get out of, and get out of that friend zone because usually what happens is that she was hurt by somebody else comes running to you. But I've learned long from experience, hurt people hurt people. So you don't want to be that rebound guy. Yeah, you know what I mean? And hurt people hurt people. That is a good one, man. This is I who like I took that. to your restaurant, Lincoln. What's that? This is who I took to your restaurant. I took it for a birthday. Oh well, well, yeah. We need yeah. to rewind the tape. Yeah, yeah, of we that gotta, night. yeah, we got to see what happened. We got to see where the conversation went. How, how, when did she tell we you that you were in the friend zone, D? When did she tell you you were in the friend zone? These guys have just made up this story because what? I skipped out on a hotel party. So my friends told Q, and it, it's like it's becoming a bigger thing than it is because I'm okay with just being a friend. I don't want her either. Nobody's asking me what. That. Oh really? Lies. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> is she back, you? <laughs> Huey, ask your question. Is she bad? Is oh, she he, bad? Said, he said, Is she bad? Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. man, he should get out of that friend zone yeah. immediately. Uh, I mean, he, I told him this was going to be one that he's going to look back at 20 years and say, I wish I had that playback. Oh, wow. That's hard. Yeah, but a big, big day for the Raiders, right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> this is where a Bajador tequila comes in, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He, he definitely would drive you to drink it, right? right? Yeah, well, yeah, or yeah. among other things, uh, yeah. potentially. You get, you get a, you know, now, now, here's the thing. Don't don't go down that road, all right? Let's not do that. Let's not do that to poor D, all right? <laughs> all right? Well, you know, he's like the kid brother, right? Yeah, no, no doubt. We but it's him. also, here, here's here's what, here's the thing I look at it, like this, Vinny, is like we're, we're the older brothers. We've. We've we've seen this before, and yes. it can get in badly. So oh, rather yes. than you know, rather than go down that road, if if you put the effort up and she's not interested, keep it moving. All right, yeah. And it sounds like he's not he 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 understands the position yeah. that uh, he, and he's okay with it. I should right. say, and so isn't going to push it because you know he doesn't want to ruin that friendship. Yeah, yeah Lincoln, yeah. keep her around. <laughs> Yo, maybe I'm the prize. Y'all ever think about that? Could, no, I, no, we I, never thought about that. No, that's never, never even, coming. Never even popped into our mind. No, not, <laughs> not at all. That is a non-starter right there. Demond. No, you are. You're. You're. You're a good. You're dude. a good guy. You're truly, really good truly guy. a good guy. <laughs> you're a good friend. Demond. Okay. <laughs> you're a great friend. You were wrong. <laughs>
That's so wrong. All right. So uh, <laughs> getting to the uh, news of the day, a um, couple days before Christmas, not a great uh, Christmas gift for the Raiders. Lincoln, uh, Jonathan Abram obviously hurt his shoulder uh, against the Cleveland Browns on yeah, Monday. Turns out that it was the same shoulder that he had hurt mm-hmm. uh, his rookie year. Uh, it's going to require a season-ending um, shoulder surgery. By the sounds of it, he's going to be fully uh, good to go uh, by the start of next season. But, you know, uh, and, and and Jonathan Abram has had his moments that you like to forget. Um, right. Certainly, clearly. But he's played at a solid level. Yes, he's he progressed has. as a solid level, and I will give him credit that, for that. I think that, you know, uh, Gus Bradley and Ron Miles, the defensive backs coach, came in with a plan for him and ushered that plan. They fine-tuned it as the year went on. Um, and, and, and I think it's, it's a, it's a way that he can grow when he comes back healthy. Um, it's just really unfortunate he won't be able to finish the season because he was playing well. Yeah. And, you know, it all, he's a third year first round pick. Right. So he's going to go into next year. The question becomes, it's a big season for him next year yeah. because, you know, the, the, the goal for every player, we all get this and we all understand it. Yeah. It's not just that first contract, it's the second contract. And I, from where I sit, uh, here today, um, it's hard to imagine that the Raiders are going to extend the qualifying or the uh, the fifth year option. Um, I don't know. You know that 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 2019 draft where you know you're talking about him, you're talking about Josh Jacobs, you're talking about uh, Clee Farrell. I mean, you can maybe make a case that none of those guys are going to get the fifth year option. Not necessarily. I think. Th- I, I think that. It doesn't Cleveland mean they can't. No, no, I, I, I don't. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. I think that you would commit the way they that Jacobs has progressed, and I think it's just getting more involved in the running game, or I mean, kind of regress, but but playing late and showing what what he's capable of. It's good to have a solid running back. I can see them making a play for 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 Jacobs, a fifth year, yeah. picking up his fifth year. I'd have to see what the numbers are, but yeah, yeah that might make that might make sense. Yeah. Um, don't know about uh, about Jonathan, so uh, I think of- Jonathan coming off of the injury, depending on how he'll play, he would pour more likely, if I was his agent, discuss maybe a hometown discount, if you will, right. uh, for another contract. Not try to take top dollar, but you know, put yourself in there and in, in the top twenty area of, of the pl- of payment players, right? Yeah, even and, in the first round, right? And some of that might be predicated on um, you know what direction the Raiders go in. Absolutely, you know who's going to be the co- you know. There's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of uh, yeah. questions. By the way, uh, speaking about Josh Jacobs, uh, one thing I can say coming down the home stretch here, uh, he looks as physically fit um, at this point in the season than he has in any of the seasons that he's been with the Raiders. So part of that plan in bringing in Kenyon Drake, I know you got hurt a few weeks yeah. ago, uh, but but the early load that that Josh Jacobs um, you know took as a result of having a uh, capable you know backup sidekick, if you want to call call him that, uh, has put him in a position where he looks pretty healthy, he looks in shape, he looks ready to go, and that's when you need uh, Josh Jacobs the most. Whether he can get some help from that offensive line, and and let's face it, Lincoln, part of his problem this year in terms of the production, it's not necessarily him. It's you know what's not happening up front. Well, that's absolutely true, and and I will say this: I never really didn't talk about it. I knew why the Raiders did it, um, but I didn't agree with it. I would have kept Devin Booker. Um, they had they had it in place yesterday. Now I know you're talking about you're you're trading Devin Booker for King and Drake. I get that you're moving on. That's why because you, you had a plan for King and Drake, and and I agree with you to the point that this is the healthiest that Josh Jacobs has been. And I also say this that because there were earlier games earlier in the season where he was a little dinged up and couldn't play, but being able to have him at this particular point is is really better and they're still learning 
what plays that he does well. I'm one of the I'm one of those guys that thinks you know you don't you don't run the stretch plays, you don't run the zone plays. You're going straight downhill. You're running that little wham cutback play that they have, but you're trying to get in the line as quickly as possible. The line needs to do a better job of communicating, obviously. Um, but I, I think that's just something that's been a, a work in progress all year as well. We talked yesterday uh, about that offensive line, about a couple of the offensive linemen. I, I do want to revisit uh, uh, with you. We talked about Alex Leatherwood. Mm-hmm. He jumped from a zero uh, pass block uh, grade on uh, the week before against um, who they play. Uh, I'm drawing a blank here on who they played, not the Kansas City Chiefs, but um, that's who they played the week before, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, before the Browns game. Uh, yes, game. it was. It was yeah, the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, played, right. they played them twice in the. In Don't the, overthink it, buddy. You got this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was a zero. Yeah, <laughs> it was okay. a zero. Right. No you doubt. Know, uh, uh, for for Alex Leatherwood, it was an eighty-four um, uh, Monday against the Cleveland Browns. Now, granted, he's not playing Chris Jones uh, from from the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. That big. That's that's anytime you face that guy, um, you're going to have your hands full. You know, play in and play sure. out. But. You know, a good a good step in the right direction for Alex Leatherwood. Um, you know, at center, uh, Andre James to me has continued to play better, and I think um, that's that's something that 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 bodes well moving forward, Lincoln. That you know, maybe they have solved their center. It looked dicey to start the season and into the season. Oh man, is Andre James going to be able to pull this off? Or they did they make? you know, uh, a big mistake signing him to the contract that they did pretty much without him, you know, ever starting a meaningful NFL game or, or at least, you know, uh, where the job was his. But it looks like he's turning the corner, Lincoln. Well, I, I think he's coming around. I think he's getting more and more comfortable. And what I appreciate the most is the fact that he's getting the snap back there because early in the season that was dicey. And that was the biggest concern. You can't go in there without the ball. I still think the improvement needs to come from just a combination of things. I think, you know, if, if they find a way to put Derek Carr more under center, I think they, they, they give themselves an advantage because it also works to help out with the play action game. Um, they, the, the gun stuff, because they're not really a good gun run team. But and, you know, just talking about it, it, James's play, um, I think he has come along and I think he's, he's, he's been playing progressively better as the season has gone on. Yeah. And, you know, we've mentioned this before uh, PFF, not necessarily the, you know, end all be all. We, we make that uh, declaration all the time but here's where here's what's problematic about the Raiders offensive line okay so we talked about what Alex's grade was last week and where it was the week before against the Kansas City Chiefs just this dramatic um you know uh, differential in level of, of play bad to good bad to good uh, look at Andre James two weeks ago against the Kansas City Chiefs uh his grade his pass block grade was was an 85 uh he graded out with a 73.2 which is a solid uh day uh in the office you know for any offensive lineman and then last week it drops to 55.3 um he has a hard time in pass block he was he was under 60 in both pass and run and so i guess the question lincoln is 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 what's so frustrating about this offensive line is the inconsistency the inconsistencies, obviously, and you see it's almost like they're not grasping the ideology of the offense or haven't created the, a, a true identity. What is the, the identity? I, I, <laughs> inconsistency. If that's an identity, right. that's, that's, that, that's what it comes down to. Um, because one week you look good, the other week you look bad. Two weeks you look bad. Then one other week you look good. There's inconsistencies. I think a lot of it, honestly – Vinny, if it's up to me, a lot of it has has to be a communication. And when it, when it comes down to communication, sometimes the basics are the best, where you just go up there and you point at who you got. I got him. I got him. I got him. Who cares if they know? 
they, they, they still got to stop you. But but there are times where you see you, you see um, you see tandem blocks between the guard or the guard and tackle and stuff like that and they're they're missing it they're the one is leaving way too early and not and the other one doesn't know if he's going to be blocking i saw it last week a couple of times between the um between the um um uh t- tackle and tight end uh it, it was false moreau and, and brendan parker where you know they they weren't really on the same page and that just can't happen you know you come up to the line you make a call we got whatever their call is we used to call it we, we used to call it scoop yeah. all right scoop Scoop to 54, scoop to 39, scoop to whatever it is. You know, you had a call name, a code name for it if you don't want to be as direct. But who cares if they know it's coming? They still got to stop it. Yeah, and that, that at that point, it's just a, um, you know, uh, who's going to impose their will on Absolutely. who? So what that they know what's coming? They probably know what's coming anyway. I mean, it's it's not that, you know. Um, you know it's not rocket science. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I think that that's the, you know, when we go back to this offensive line where, you know, and talking about an identity, and a lot of times your offensive line kind of dictates the identity of your offense. Because your offensive line all the time dictates or determines your identity. And he's not just saying that because he's one of the best offensive linemen to ever do it. Um, it's the truth of the matter. You have to be able to impose your will and dictate terms up front because if you're not – if it's the other way around, you're not winning many, very, very you're, many behold, games. you're beholden to the other team. That means you're structuring everything around what you can't do rather than what you can do. In other words, if I can't run the ball, then I'm going to have to find another way to do this. Like you, you want to be able to go into a game. You know, you you understand, look, it might not be there every single week. There's sometimes that it's just not going to be our day in that particular area. But when you can go into most games with a conviction that, hey, we're going to be able to run the damn ball uh, and then make and then play off of that, then it just opens everything up. You go in with a lot of confidence, even if you're even if it's windy, cold, whatever, if you can impose your will and dictate dictate terms up front and run the ball, you're going to give yourself a chance and then your offense can build out from there. But when you can't do that consistently, you're just again. You're you're you're. It's it's almost like you're playing with one arm tied behind your back. Well, look, it's it's very similar to defending a dual threat quarterback, someone who can run and pass. You go in with the idea that you want to take one of them away. I'm going to make it very hard for you to run on me. So then you you, you create make them one dimensional. When you do that to an offense in general, when you make them one dimensional, when they they know they can't run, then it does two things. If you don't have a a good screen or a draw game. Those defensive ends, those defensive linemen are teeing back their ears. They're trying to get sacks because they know you're not going to run the ball. Right. And and so that makes you one-dimensional. One-dimensional also makes you predictable. Uh, and, and so that's what you want to do. You want to have balance, especially at this time. You know, the Raiders are very fortunate. Cleveland, it wasn't snowing. It wasn't a terrible weather like it was last year when they went uh, and played. So they, they could afford, you know, to not be as good or efficient in one area, which they aren't. Uh, and then, then another, uh, and then the wind didn't pick up till late in the game. And it was actually at their back, uh, in the fourth quarter, which helped them, especially with the kick. You talk about Carlson's final kick. So, you know, that didn't hurt them. Um, but in this instance, you know, going forward, this offensive line has got to get better. I, I think it's going to, it's going to have something to do with coaching. Um, uh, and as much as I like Tom Cable, I think it's, it's just, it's just a feeling I get because they haven't gotten better throughout the season. Uh, and, and, I know that's the play. The end of the coaches, coach, players play. But as a coach, you also have to be able to put them in the right frame of mind, the right system to make them successful or help them to be successful. And I just don't see that happening. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the, 
we're, we don't want to put the uh, cart before the horse whatsoever because the Raiders, um, you know, they have a chance to really finish this se- this season uh, on on a, on on the right note and talk to uh, Derek Carr about that today. We're going to get into that um, later on in the show um, in terms of finishing strong, which was a mandate that Derek Carr issued at the end of last year. I re- vividly remember, it's why I brought it up to him today, you know, after that Broncos win, which was a meaningless win at the end of last year, Lincoln, you know, it meant nothing in terms of anything substantial, right? you know, uh, but um, Derek Carr felt like it was an investment that might not pay off immediately, but could pay off in, in future dividends. And and what he said to us immediately after that game was you're going to hear finish, finish, finish. That's going to be the theme for next year. Finish practice, finish seasons, finish reps, finish. Well, um, and I said to this to him, you know, I don't know if you remember yourself saying that, but here we are with three games left to play. And if the Raiders can just heed that word and that mandate in terms of finishing, they still have a chance to make something of uh, this, this, this season, Lincoln. So you don't want to, you know, coaching change, things like that. All of that's, I'm sure, on the table. And, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, that's down the line. I'm just saying as far as, it, you know, we were talking about the offensive line. And I agree. It's discouraging the fact that, you know, you see you, you see the same player make the same mistake over and over again. And, and, and look, I can only attest it to where you're, you're not directing attention to it or you're not trying to make it a priority to make it better or to make it different. The fact is Alex Leatherwood plays overextended, okay? So he – okay, now we know that he plays overextended. We took him in from – we took him in from tackle, moved him to guard. He can play more in, in, in a box. However, he still needs to move his feet. You can't just stand straight up and lunge after a guy and think that he's just going to stand there and let you hit him. I agree. You, you know, and so it's little things like that. It's little things like the attention to detail, those small details where you don't see improvement. And as a former offensive lineman, it's frustrating because I'm seeing – oh, he's going to be – he's got a wide three guy. He's a long guy. He's going to do this. And they get – they get you know, they, they run a game. Or you have the Kansas City game where there was a basic four-man rush, two-man games, and you're creating pressure. And your quarterback has no time to throw the football. Yeah, it's been – you know, it's it's something that the Raiders have had to work around all year long. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Passionate Raider is on the line. How you doing, Passionate Raider? What's up, Vinny? What's up, Lincoln? What's up, man? How you doing? Merry, Merry Christmas, guys. Same to you. I'm all right, man. I've, I've just been sitting here thinking, man, like, you know, we've been talking about this line and we've been thinking about – talking about this and talking about that, you know, and I've I seen a little – um I seen a little thing on Twitter that was showing Derek, you know, when he comes to the line with all the adjustments he's making. Is that confusing this young line still working together? Because that's what that's what I see the longest to get the playoff. It's like they get the play in and then I noticed also in the game the other night, like Rich was yelling over there like run the play and yeah. then after they they, they yeah. ran that play they got timeout. Derek and Deshaun walked by each other and, like, they weren't happy with each other. Is that because Derek's changing that play? Well, the the short answer is yes. Derek sometimes, he has the liberty to make adjustments, but on that one instance that you were talking about, he changed it twice, under 15 seconds. He called an audible, went back there, called for the snap, then went back up there and changed it again. And keep in mind, when you're doing this, especially at a visiting stadium, the crowd's getting more loud because they want to try to work against you. The line has to make calls. You have to communicate calls. And, and sometimes there were times where we weren't getting the calls out to receivers. I saw there was a couple times Isaiah Jones was, was looking at, like, you know, what, what do we call? What do we got? And you have to relay it out there. So there are times where, where Derek tries to think too much. And I think in that instance where you were talking about where Basachi was talking about run to play, he had a play in place. Just run it. 
Yeah. Okay. No, no, there's no reason why we should waste a timeout. There's no reason why we should have a delay of game. And those are the little attention to details that have happened throughout this year, various games, where you just sit there and say, what are you doing? Yeah, and I think part of that, too, is him trying to help with the blocking coverages or the, the blocking calls to try to make sure every – because, I, Lincoln, I think – I don't think – that um, that they've been on the same page all year long um, between the well, offensive okay. line and the quarterback. So I think I think in that case he was trying to instruct. In addition to sometimes you know he does make play call changes right. absolutely, right. but I think he was also trying to communicate with whether it was Andre or whoever it was. In well, term- the, the call goes to Andre, and then it would get relays yeah. to the back. So typically, what an offensive line does, especially an uncovered center, is he will come up and he will yell out the Mike Backer. Right. That means the offensive line has the four downs and the one Mike backward, the, the fifth most dangerous. That's that's what they're doing. Okay. Now, the quarterback has the ability to trumpet. If he sees pressure or maybe an overlap safety or something or corner where he thinks it's going to, you can address, you can adjust the, the, the line blocking. You can either say, hey, you guys are going to bump out right or you're going to bump out left, uh, depending on where the corner or somebody else is coming off the edge. And then the back of the extra man if there's a back in the backfield. So, yes, that can happen. But anytime you adjust the play or you call an audible, the offensive line's got to get their calls. They've got to get time to be able to communicate. The center's got to be able to communicate because it probably affects them. You come up, you run a check with me system. We're running this play, running this play. Sometimes you got to adjust. Or now we're going to you know, run to this back or we're going to run to that side. But you have to have time to do it. You can't expect it to be instantaneous, especially on the road. Uh, I agree. Now, let me ask you this, though. Uh, in an important game, maybe in an important situation, um, you know, I'd almost rather you take the timeout. And I, I'm, I'm from the Sean McVay, he'll call timeouts whenever. If he feels like the situation warrants it. Like at that point, because they were trying to get on the same page, it was loud in Cleveland. It is still very much a, a, a young offensive line. And I think it you know, just seemed like they were trying to get on the same page. I don't mind a timeout there. I know. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Yeah, but here's the thing. Sometimes those timeouts really become valuable. They you do. don't want to waste them on trivial stuff. These are professionals. And these are guys that have been playing together, for, for the most part, aside from a few players, the entire season. There's really no reason why it should be that clumsy or that com- comical when you watch these guys. I mean, it really is. It, it looks like a comedy of errors when you sit there and watch some of these guys and some of the things that have happened, them having to call a timeout on this. I mean, throughout the season, there's countless times. You know, you're, you're about to win the game. You don't have your holder out there. you got to call a timeout. Right. What, you mean, the, <laughs> no, these things don't uh, happen with professional teams. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in full agreement, you know, for the most I, I just feel like sometimes you know if it's if it doesn't feel right and it's you know the, the, it's for whatever reason you know they couldn't communicate couldn't hear uh they just weren't on the same page whatever the case is to me a timeout right there while it could be valuable later on later on down the line as well it's very important right there like i'd rather take the timeout than lose the five yards in a situation especially yeah without yeah, well, you much rather take a time if you i mean if you have yeah, it if you have to. And, and of course the, the situation the area of the field you don't want to get pushed back you've already had your difficulty with penalties and everything else and miscues that you you don't want to lose that, that yardage i understand that i agree with that i don't have a problem with that it's just that there are certain times where it shouldn't come to that no and, those, exactly. and the time that what passion and raider was talking about that instance you know Derek had no business changing the call not once but twice right it, it, there's no reason just run the damn play and then you finally get to that point and he called a timeout now I will I will say if it's if it's the same instance I'm thinking about 
it was actually fortunate that Derek called a timeout because John Simpson was falling out of his shoes, and he was about to create a penalty, a false start that would have backed yes, him up, and he called yes, a timeout. Yes. So I think it was a, if it was that instance, that was a, a good call, quality timeout. But you know, a lot of times when you're sitting there having to change the play, just run the play. Don't overthink it. That's why you have coaches upstairs and on the sidelines for it. Just run the damn play. By the way, uh, remember the play where uh, over by the goal line where it looked like a uh, pitch option? Uh, yeah. Okay, so I, I after we wrapped up with Derek Carr today, I was like, dude, was that really what we thought it looked like? And he's like, no, we improvised, you know, on that play. But he goes, for whatever reason, you know, Hunter was kind of sitting back there. And I'm like, get in front, you know, right. like he was like, block. Because <laughs> you can see him like literally with his fit pointing, you know, to, that just looked awkward the whole the whole way through. We don't need any more, uh, uh, I'm sure, you know, to, to, to see Derek Carr running any kind of an no, option like that. Because no, he just no. looks awkward. Yeah. True story. It looks, it looks <laughs> and True Hunter Renfro didn't look much, you know, uh, he didn't look all that comfortable uh, himself um so uh the raiders need to like you said they got to eliminate the mistakes they got to eliminate needless timeouts Uh, they just have to play clean football and it's in them they've done it before uh more than a few times this year and when they do they put themselves in a good position when they don't um it's not good uh and that that they can't afford that anymore this year period exclamation point you're in the huddle with any monster and lincoln kennedy brought to you by tequila embajador raider nation radio 9 20 a.m on a Wednesday. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now back to your hosts, Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it goes back to the importance of last week's win, too, you know, and um, that's why all along, you know, we've been through some things and uh, as a team and uh, it's been a little adversity, but but we keep coming to work. We keep working, and that's why I keep believing in our team, you know, because because the leadership and the guys that we have in the locker room. And uh, when I when I reference finishing, and you know, I also I also referenced we're going to find out who really wants to be a Raider, you know, um, and uh, and we got some guys that love being Raiders, you know, and uh, have really embraced that. Uh, some new guys even that have embraced that. Some guys that have been here that really have actually embraced it now, you know. And I think that. Uh, that said, it leads to us playing meaning, meaningful games in December, and that's why that's why you work so hard in the off season. You know, uh, that's why you you know you put all the time in, and you know we the times we're away from our families and things like that. You know, this is you know this is why you do that, and um, you know to be able to have a chance to get in and all those kind of things. But none of that matters unless you know we beat the Broncos, and so uh, again, one, it's a great opportunity um, you know for for our team for our organization among everything that's happened that we're still in it. That was Derek Carr uh, talking today over at the practice facility uh, in Henderson. Um, Sort of a condensed week for the Raiders this week. Obviously, uh, their game that was supposed to get played on Saturday got moved uh, to Monday, so now they're on a short week ahead of the Denver Broncos game uh, on Sunday, Lincoln. And so these next couple of days, they're not really practicing uh, just some walkthroughs that they're going to do out on the field and, you know, uh, hit the books and, and everything else that they do uh, in and around uh, actual practice. But, um, by the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Monster and Lincoln Kennedy brought to you by Tequila Embajador, uh, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Wednesday. And, you know, talking to, to Derek today, Lincoln, um, he said something kind of interesting in terms of we're going to find out who really wants to be a Raider uh, here. What do you think he meant by that? <laughs> Sounds like he's playing a little GM if you're not going to pick it up. And look, I've said this a couple of times, 
and I still hold it true. I'm not in the con- in the coach's office. I'm not in the locker room. But I believe there's got to be a level of accountability. Yeah. If guys aren't performing the, at the way that you expect them to perform or you've hired them, you got to kick the rocks. you got to keep it moving. And you got to make some hard decisions. Um, and, and once you show there's a level of accountability in that locker room, then it will it will resonate and and it, and it will it, it will carry over to other players because you know Josh Jacobs a couple of weeks ago admitted to you that he went the wrong way three times. Yeah, that's inexcusable. Right. You see what I'm saying? You know, you 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 have uh you know, and I heard from the 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 break they they played a little part of our, one of our shows a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about one of the nose guards jumping off sides at Allegiant Stadium. The ball's right in front of you. Yes, it's inexcusable. So you you got to hold people accountable. And I don't know how Coach Passaccia does things uh, as far as that, but I knew that one of my biggest criticisms against Gruden back in the day was that we had a lot of guys that were running muck, and he wouldn't do anything to sort of discipline, wouldn't find them. You know, you had guys who were heavy uh, and wouldn't, wouldn't have weight fines. Uh, and things, guys are missing meetings or late to meetings, not being held accountable, and you're not making an example out of them by finding them. That's how you, you know, that type of discipline resonates through accountability. And if you're not doing your job right, you don't deserve to be on the team. It also rubs the wrong way the guys that are doing it the right way. Absolutely. That's exactly right. And that's why, you know, when you say something, you make a statement like that. Well, there's guys who like to be Raiders. Well, damn it, you got to play like it. You got to jo- do your job at the highest level. There are things that are inexcusable in my mind that would be different if you had a true disciplinarian. I'm not saying that you have to throw the book at everyone, but you got to hold them accountable because their play is their most important thing that you want from them. Yeah. I, and, and, you know, <laughs> I agree with you. Uh, you know, playing time is the ultimate um, hammer that, you, that a coach has, you know, because think about it. It, 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 you know, for everybody, the, the reason that you play is to play yep. <laughs> flat out, number one. Yeah. Number two, there's also money lined up in it. You know, uh, you're playing for your next contract. You're playing uh, for, you know, incentives. Of course, you're playing to win. We're, we all understand that. But there's also, we'd be uh, remiss and naive not to mention the fact that each individual in there is playing for something that, you know, uh, is, is tied into their bank account. And that's yeah. a very... Um, you know, uh, that's a big motivational tool. Tool and and whatever they are uh, seeking or playing for is tied into their playing time. Okay, yeah. but here's the double-edged sword of that sword. If you don't have somebody um, that you feel comfortable with behind that person, then sitting them is obviously it's it's a penalty to that person. But you're also in a way damaging yourself too. Well, but but yeah, but here's the thing, and this is where uh, you know, I, this is why one of the reasons why I never wanted to get into coaching because I never wanted to. If if a guy, if one of my say I'm coaching the offensive line, right, and my offensive tackle can't stop a bull rush, I'm not going to put him in the game until he learns how. Until you do something different. If the backup is that far set behind, I don't want to have to have that conversation with the coach. Why isn't he starting? He can't stop a bull rush. Right. I don't want to get the quarterback killed. Well, the guy behind him is not as good, and we're or we're paying this guy a lot of money. We're paying him a lot more money to sit on the bench. I don't want to have those conversations. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. What if I, the, what if the head coach says, "Yeah, well, the guy behind him can't stop a bull rush." Bull well, I mean, or, there's or, a reason or why or he's on a roster or run block. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, he, no, there's a reason why he's on the roster, and there's something I said. Look, and, and I, if I can go out there and get by with an average guy, I don't care about a blue chipper. I don't care about how much money he's making. Definitely. That, that, you know what I'm saying? If I can get by by with an average guy, but if 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 you still see the same behavior over and over again, and all you're doing is allowing it, then you're not holding that player accountable for his play. Why should he get better? 
Why should I change? Yeah, I'm still playing. No, I, 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 I completely agree with you. It's just, it's, it's, you know, I don't know. In the NFL, it's just, it's, it's, it's difficult because the roster. Ever go to a? Well, you've called college games yeah, this year, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Look at a college sideline. Without a doubt, compared to an NFL sideline, yeah. what's the biggest difference yeah. you see? The number of players available. <laughs> There's like, it's but, like, but here's the thing: you, 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 but you, with the players that you have, if you're, I, I would say you're not doing your job if you can't find someone suitable or you can't find something to to replace or can't do something different as a coach to make that player a little bit better, a little bit more secure, a little bit, you know, try to define him. Now, look, the Raiders now chip. They chip on both sides, you know, and, and that's good. It's, it's secure as a protection. And now from that, you've seen how they've evolved to where those chippers now go out in the flats. And sometimes Derek takes them as checkoffs, checkdowns, or even sometimes when they, they think they're going to be in, uh, kept in to help protect, they run a, you know, a flare out on the outside and there's nobody out there to cover them. That's how the play evolves. That's what you call coaching. Manifest coaching. You're, 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 you're looking how something can take place and create a rhythm going forward. Even even when they had this, this pass game, there were a couple short passes which are equated to three-step drops. They don't really do a lot of that anymore. But Brandon Parker was told to cut. Told to cut the defensive end. Get him now, right now. Okay, I have no problem with that. Just make sure you cut him. Because there are some savvy guys like I've seen Von Miller shed off that block and still get pressure in it right. and, and make a, a quarterback sack. And Miles Garrett didn't go down, but he did, you know, take his, um, uh, put his arms down to where Derek was able to throw that quick out route. Those are things that you use, you can use to change up. And if I'm Brandon Parker, when I see a guy who's lowering his head to come and, 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 uh, try to bull rush me, if I think that if I'm confident Derek's going to get rid of the ball, I'd cut his ass too. <laughs> right. You see what I'm saying? But you got to make sure that you get them down. You got to change things up. You can't just do the same thing over and over again and expect the results to be different when all they have, they haven't changed so far. I agree with you. Now, I'm not trying to make excuses at all. Uh, but this is the reality of the situation, you know, uh, and this is why depth is so important, Lincoln. Um, it's, 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 it's easy to talk about, but it's hard to achieve. And when you think about this offensive line, you're literally at, you know, uh, backups at what? Two, three positions now, you know, uh, yeah. uh John Simpson wasn't supposed yeah. to start and right. certainly Brandon Parker wasn't supposed to start. And certainly Alex Leatherwood wasn't supposed to be the right guard. So, and I guess that's, you know, that that's the, for, for me, that's the, the, the dilemma because you start the season thinking one thing and a guy like. Parker was supposed to be a, a spot guy here and there. Now he's the full-time starter. A guy like John Simpson was still on a development track, um, you know, be that swing guard, uh, so to speak. Um, now he's a full-time starter. You know, uh, who was – I mean, Denzel Good was supposed to be a starter. Richie Incognito was supposed to be a starter. So you're already digging into that depth chart. And, and yeah. the way the NFL works, it's just – it's difficult to find it re is tough. replacements for replacements. It, you're absolutely right. You're, you're absolutely right. But here's the thing, and this is the way that I would play it yeah. if I was on the sideline. Um, I would say, look, I, I would say, Brandon, you're, you're struggling to tackle. I'm going to let uh, Illuminor go in there and play a couple snaps, right. a couple series. Just let him in. Now, this, it should do. I don't know the psyche of these guys, but this is what it, what it would do to me. If I was a starter and I was being benched for a series because coach said, look, man, you can't pick up the bull rush. You're killing me. You know, you're going to get a quarterback kill. That all of a sudden does something on the inside. Makes me think about what I'm doing. Okay. It either, it either drives me to be better or it shows what my true personality is. If I cave and I accept it and I don't fight it or I don't go out and try to be better the next time I'm out there. Does that make sense? It does. But let me ask you something as a devil's advocate here. Shouldn't Brandon Parker have already gotten to that point? I mean, he should, right? He should. I mean, but at the same point, who he is? Maybe well, this, it, I mean, in terms of talent, yeah. But he, here's the thing: maybe it's not 
for lack of effort. Maybe it's not for a, a lack of want to or, or trying. He's Maybe he's just not that good. This is a hard thing to do at this then, level. Then, then what, would, what would the harm be if you go out there and you let Illuminor play a couple series? Keeping in mind that you have some control over play calling. So you can go with Olsen and say, hey, look, I got Illuminor out there at right tackle. He's not good at, say, running to the left. So let's make sure we try to run at the right and, and get him involved in that way. Just as, I mean, you're actually coaching for success. You're not just going through the motions. Well, we have these guys out. you got to pay attention. This is why they have multiple cultures. Yeah, and I, and I agree. I guess the only conclusion that I can come up with is that they saw enough of Jermaine uh, when he played to feel like, hmm. That's not a viable option. Well, I mean, to be fair, he did. They brought him in, and they only played a couple of games before they benched him, right? It was. Um, it, was it wasn't. It wasn't very long before they moved Leatherwood in. Yeah, uh, they they moved him inside uh, ahead of the Chargers game. So what was so that? it was right Four? after the Pittsburgh game, or what? No, not right after, oh, after, after the Dolphin game. Well, you know, one of those. My, my point is that when they brought him in, he was a veteran. They brought him in because they needed. They were they, they were down. They 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 were they 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 needed backups, so they, they brought him in along with him and Simmons came in late. They weren't there at the start of training camp. No, they weren't. So you know you know how practices go, but which is really not that much. You're not really practicing, so you're not really giving a, 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 a enough time to to get a, a hold of the system, a grasp of the system, and even know the chemistry of the guys that you're playing around before he got benched. In right. my opinion, yes. And so it was either the yeah, it was the third game, the fourth game of the year. So that was the so with the, so the Chargers. He got his first start, right? He didn't finish that game, did he? Is that when they changed? Who's that? Illuminor. Did he finish that game? I don't think Illuminor. I, I think Illuminor. I think his last game as a starter was the Dolphins game. It was the Dolphins game. So the and third they, game. They moved they to moved the new lineup. Uh, which In the been, Charger game? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, still, it's it wasn't a whole lot of time, um, uh, in my opinion. And I'm not I'm not saying that he's a, a, in with all. No. By no. the way, let me just a little side note. Jermaine Illuminor looks pregnant. He He's put on some weight. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, I'm not. I'm, not hey, I'm calling it like I saw it. I, I saw, you know, I, I dude, dude's got a belly. He's been sitting down way too much. So I'm, I'm just using his name as an example for our conversation. But I, I saw, I saw him in this last game, and I'm. Woo-hoo. I, I was in the Seattle Seahawks locker room one time, and one of the offensive linemen took off his shirt, and he had a belly, right? Yeah. And uh, one of the uh, DBs that are, you know, Adonis's, they were, mm-hmm. you know, like a, it was a linebacker that was just chiseled. Mm-hmm. Dude, for like ten minutes, was just ragging on that oh, guy, yeah. and he's oh, yeah. like, "Man, come on, man, she, I'm a lineman. What do you think yeah. I'm supposed to, you know?" But yeah, you don't have to have a protruding belly. We linemen are all are athletes, okay? <laughs> So you don't have to eat your way out of the league. My well, goodness. I mean, again, maybe that's your answer right there. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, where, 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 where's uh, Jackson Barton? Well, you know what I mean? I so, think he's, no, he, hasn't Jackson uh, gotten the call the last couple of games? But no, maybe, he was down last one. He was, he was inactive this one. in Cleveland. He was up the last cu- – the, the, uh, the ones couple. before because he was a jumbo tackle. But he was down this last one. Yeah. He was down this the last So game, it so. looks like they're, you know, probably at this point sort of grasping for straws uh, at a couple positions. Brandon no Parker's spot. Uh, in particular, you're in the huddle with Vinny Monster and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Wednesday. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. I think it helped our confidence. Um, not saying that we were lacking any, but, you know, you got to win games, you know. You put so much work in, and... Uh, it's one of those moments where it's like, here we go. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot on the line in those last three minutes. You know, and uh, for our defense to get that stop, and for our offense to be able to go down there and 
Daniel to make that kick. I mean, it's, uh, it says a lot about our team and, you know, the will, the will and the desire to win. And um, uh, like I said, it doesn't have to be pretty. The only thing that matters is that we won, you know. And, uh, you know, when we did that, I wouldn't say it was a sense of relief, but it was a sense of like, okay, let's go now. You know, like that's what we've been expecting and that's what we should do. So uh, hopefully, hopefully it jump starts us and, you know, this is the time to get hot, you know. And so hopefully, hopefully it'll be our time this year. That's Derek Carr from, sorry about that, Devon. Uh, Derek Carr from earlier today. Uh, I actually like that music too. Um, cutting off the music, I hate doing that. But anyway, that was Derek Carr earlier today uh, at the Raiders facility over in Henderson, Lincoln. You know, talking about, hey, it wasn't a pretty win. We all get that. We all understand it. But, um, you know, winning is what counts. And nobody's going to look back if the Raiders do push forward and somehow make the playoffs. They're not going to look like, oh, but they only beat the Cleveland Browns, you know, 16 to 14. How that? Nobody's going to care at that point. It's really just about how many W's have you stacked up and are they enough to get to the playoffs? That's it, exclamation point. And, uh, Lincoln, you've been in locker rooms. You've been on teams. And maybe you hit a skid, um, you know, and, and, you know, maybe it's starting to look like, oh, boy, here we go again. Um, how important sometimes can just the positive energy of a win, regardless of how the Raiders uh, got there, we know that they, they, it was an ugly win, no doubt about it. But how, um, uh, how much energy can, can that sometimes provide, especially when you look up at the standing and say, damn, we're actually really in this thing. Um, you know, shouldn't that be something that really injects some life into that building? It, it, look, wins are, are a lot easier to coach or respond from than losses, obviously. Um, but there are times, and there are times where you have those hard wins that you'll sit and say, man, I'm so glad we came out of win. It'll, and it'll show you some things about the guys in the locker room around you. Right. Um, and especially when you t- talk about the circumstances of this last game, uh, it, it, more, it can definitely generate some momentum in the right way. And you're looking forward to a team that you destroyed earlier in the year. You still have your eyes and hopes on the playoffs. I hope they don't look past the Broncos because I still think the Broncos are dangerous no matter who they play a quarterback. Um, and this team is not good enough to really look in, past anybody. No. Um, if you, you've seen it time and time again how, how New England looked like gangbusters and then Indianapolis slapped them around. And, and uh, you know, Buffalo was looking like gangbusters and New, New England slapped them around. So you saw that time and time again. Look at Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa Bay a couple times. You talk about the Arizona Cardinals losing the in Detroit, I mean, things that don't happen. But to, to answer your point, it, it, I don't know if this team really needs motivation at this time. I, I think they just need to find a way to be consistent and pay attention to the smaller things. You know, because like I said, take the, the takeaways I took from this game were what was going on with Foster Moreau. Usually, usually a shorthanded tight end. He was dropping a couple. Right. You know what? 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 What was going on with what a Hunter Renfro? I mean, I've never seen him muff two punts in a game. Yep. You know what I mean? The, the, the Deshaun Jackson on a deep in route just drops the ball, hits him right in the chest. I'm like, there's a focus. If anything, let's focus on the task at hand. I know we got Christmas, we got a holiday. Enjoy your Saturday. Sunday, it should be business as usual. Let's go out there and take care of business against the Broncos. Yeah, and and I, I guess for me, I'm just you know. Um, you win a game to put yourself in a position to do everything that you set out to do at the beginning of the season, like Derek talked about. You know, this, that's why to get to this point and say, whatever, you know, however bleak it looked two weeks ago or whatever, um, you're a game out of the second wild card uh, uh, spot in the NFL, right. in the AFC playoffs. Like when you talk about 
you know, getting focused on the smaller details or, or, or you know, uh, being laser locked in, all those type of things. To, I guess my question is, when you wake up on Tuesday morning and you look at the standings and say, you know, like there has to be that has to be the reason why not motivation, but just attention to detail and just being more focused because they've they've got a lot to play for. Like this has to be the moment where they say, why not lock in as much as you possibly can? What you know, like this is the time because everything is right there in front of them. Yeah, well, that, well, that's exactly the point, and and you have everything in front of you, so you want to definitely you want to show me that you know how to, to 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 take care of that. You know what I mean? And and go out there and play. Right, and it's it's again, I, I harp on the fact that they've done it enough times where it's not like. Oh boy, asking the Raiders to go play above and beyond uh, what they're capable of doing. Like that's they don't have to do that. Right. <laughs> they just have to do what they're ca- literally capable of doing. Um and heck, they've shown even in times where they're, you know, sometimes aren't as good completely, they still are good enough to win yeah. football games. Like yeah. they've done that before too. So, you know, um if you can't get if that can't give you some positive energy and create some excitement in that building because i we've been both of us lincoln you as a player me as a media member when you walk into a locker room of a of a bad team at the end of the year it's like i it's hard to describe how desolate it can feel sometimes and how just you know it's you could just feel the bad energy in there whereas you know when a team comes rolling into town like you know uh you know the Yankees back in the day when they were and 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 they came to play a bad like like say Angels team. You could see <laughs> it, it wasn't more than a hundred feet apart from one clubhouse to the next, and you're you know in the uh, in, in in the midst of a ninety loss team on one end and a hundred and fourteen win team on the other, and you could feel the vibe of that good team. Like they had there was yeah. there was positivity, there was excitement, there was all of that, and I just feel like there's excuse for that that not to be the feeling around Henderson right now um, we're at that point in the season where it's one or the other really <laughs> you know it's it's the ones that are checking out thinking about vacation and it's the one that said man we've worked really hard to get to this point and here we are we should be fired up about this true story true story absolutely true story and it's just you know it would be disappointing if that's not the energy that they play with the rest of the season. I mean, obviously it has to start on Sunday, and so that's that's a starting point to play with that kind of an energy, uh, to reward those fans that have been through thick and thin with these guys, uh, and to give them a good performance after Christmas to keep life, um, you know, preserve their life, their playoff life. There's no reason why the Raiders shouldn't be hitting the ground running on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. You're in the huddle with Vinny Von Sternlich and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Wednesday.